What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 375. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside he only does everything, Colin Moriarty. Good to be here with you. Go Islanders. You think you figured out how to put Clementine's backpack on? Yeah, I did. I did figure it out. How'd you do it? One of the straps comes up. Oh, well, then there you go. I was just afraid of breaking it. This action figure, by the way, cost... $25. $25. There's an unboxing of it on IGN from that's me and just, Tim and I. That's sorry, that's right. just that's just a crazy ripoff. It's a lot of money for uh, for an action figure. I mean, any action figure, really. See, this is the thing, though. Over here, of course, yeah. in Marty Sleva's never-rotating third chair, <laughs> the Italian meatball, Ryan Opatano. Rap, rap. Thanks for doing? having me. No, thanks for coming in. You're you're off. You're on vacation. Yeah, we all. I mean, uh, IGN is like sort of closed, but yeah. we still have stuff going on. Skeleton crew, they call it. Skeleton crew. We, we have Podcast Beyond never takes a holiday. You know that. That's true. We have this theory that basically, if if IG, if nobody worked at IGN for six months, articles would still keep going up. Videos would still keep going up. <laughs> all this schedule. There'd be crap. some up at noon episode that you and I did three years yeah, ago yeah. that somebody just accidentally published. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. We forgot to we forgot to put up, but we put a date in there, and like three years later, and it just goes up. So we'll be good for a while. It's you know life after people. So now back to to this Walking Dead Clementine Telltale Tales Telltale Games action figure, right? Yeah, Twenty five bucks. Colin is meticulously. Colin like is assembling it, taking apart, putting it all back together. together. The thing about you were you were knocking the size of it for twenty five dollars. Yeah, look at this. Here, I understand it's it's a scale. She's a okay, little girl. Okay, okay. It's still it's still twenty five dollars for any action figure is a is a complete. But now rip-off. here's the next thing. I used to pay three dollars for my GI Joes, which yeah. were mass produced out of molds and all these different things. Right? This, this, isn't, is, this isn't a mold. No, 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 stick with me here. No, that was you, handmade you by. Me make my point you me? <laughs> Melissa Hutchinson sits down with a, with a, a, a tiny little acrylic it's one pen. piece of wood. This is the whole thing of like with the McFarland toys in the indies and stuff is that they don't make as many. So I feel like that's how they my get, grandfather get away charging more. That. I'm disturbed actually when I go. I my girlfriend always makes fun of me because I I make a beeline when we go to Target to the toys. You got it. Just, I do too. Isn't just, that weird? Yeah, just because I just want to see what people are playing with, and I always just like you know looking at the toys. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, GI Joe's today. You know they're back, which is great. I, and I, if I had more money and more, I, I have the money to buy them. I guess if I if I had the room to sure. store them, I'd buy them mm-hmm. all. Uh, they're like ten or twelve dollars each. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember walking into Child's World on Long Island and buying Alley Viper in 1990 for two ninety nine. So yeah. I don't know like what this doesn't account for inflation. People are getting a little greedier out there. I, I used to mm-hmm. do like like basically do like. Uh, stuff around the house for all, the entire day to make five dollars to go to Toys R Us and drop five dollars on a toy, and that's because yeah. you could get like you could get some really you could get a GI Joe and like two candy bars for five bucks yeah. back then. Not Those were the days. No, but then they, they were cheaply produced. Like GI right. Joes, let's like, let's not put them on a pedestal here. GI Joes, they had that rubber band that connected their balls yeah, to their the legs, ring. yeah, and it would break, and you'd have to go to your mom and be like, "Can you fix this?" And she'd be like, "I no. don't, I don't live in China." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how this was made. Yeah, it sucks because their legs got all like. <laughs> yeah, it was they just, would like, just be like, like super loose. Yeah, just yeah, like no, real no, no, soldiers, no. you know what happens. <laughs> God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's PlayStation Podcast, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Each and every Tuesday, rain or shine, we post it as an MP3 on IGN.com and podcast services around the country slash world. Then on Wednesday, the whole video goes up on IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN, and the completely free IGN PlayStation 4 app. That's right. Uh, good places to be. How was everybody's Christmas? Uh, you know, it was good. Yeah. Very hectic. Yeah, you you were all over the place. You're traveling, I, man. I travel a lot for Christmas, and it's it's kind of a lot to deal with. I, I just got married. Um, so there's there's two – it's like I officially have two families. Yeah. And I went to New York City, which is like – I love New York City. Like, I – 
I go there during the holidays. It's it's historically the best and worst time to be there. Mm. But like it's it's just a nice place to be. Like they get it, you know. Like here in San Francisco, we have Market Street, and we put up a couple of uh, lights and a couple of uh, feathers and dingleberries. But it's just. <laughs> People, put people, feathers and dingleberries? People try to smoke them. It's like, it's not really Christmas in San Francisco no, ever, really. Definitely. But so you go to New York City and it's there. But it was it was hotter. Right. It was nicer there than it was here. So I came back here and it was freezing cold. And, you know. Yeah, um, it's been really cold lately. But the holidays are good. It's 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 good to be in, in, in to be able to travel. That's that's a good thing to do. Colin, what about you, you guys? You stick around here? Yeah, we just hang out here. We hung out here. We, we live together, Colin. I don't remember what I did on Christmas. <clears throat> what did I do? Do you guys give each other presents? No. Uh, no. Well, I bought you know I bought I bought him the Mega Man Amiibo. Yeah. So but I won't be here until February. There's there's a there's a mm-hmm. plan and there's a plan in action that I didn't I didn't actually think this one through properly, so it's gonna come in January. But um, kind of like your well, Mega that's, Man Amiibo. Yeah, that's that's sooner than your Mega Man Amiibo. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But I should have been more on the ball. I had um, a great plan for Colin's thirtieth birthday that I never did. <laughs> so what is it? next? Oh, I can't tell you now. I still might do it. At you some say, point, you, I will still do this. Are you saving it for his next 30th birthday? No, I'll do it for something else another time, another okay. thing. Do you get yourself a new phone? Maybe I'll just do I did. I you got did. the iPhone 6. I'm actually going to pick one up today. Are you getting the 6 or the 6 Plus? I'm um, on the fence. I don't mm-hmm. know how big I want this giant thing in my pocket. Right. I, I went 6. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it fine. I, every so often, I'm like, what if I would have gone 6 Plus? Yeah. I, I would say, don't don't live not knowing. Yeah. I would say make the jump. I might go Plus. That's what I was thinking. Tim but, has it. Uh, he, uh, like Everybody who has it, with the exception of one girl mm-hmm. on Twitter, likes it a lot. That I, that I'm talking about in my personal, the people I've talked to. Right. Everyone seems like they're really happy they got the 6 right. Plus. Pablo likes the 6 Plus. He's Pablo. Really? Smartest guy in the office. He's a handyman. Yeah. Excellent. So what'd you do on Christmas, Greg? Did you, do you cook on Christmas? Yeah, we did. Um, we did flank steaks with something else. I forget. Christine made a pie again, I think. Oh, man, that's awesome. Likes, yeah, yeah. I had a, my, my brother-in-law made a, like an 18-ounce prime rib. Oh, and yeah. Everybody brought, they do it very smart. Everybody brings uh, different dishes. You know, it's a potluck, yeah. I guess. And somebody was like, oh, I brought these mashed potatoes, and I'm eating them. Like, these are amazing. And they're like, oh, it's Paula Dean's recipe. There's like 12 sticks Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm out. See, that but was... yeah, you, just, you gain 15 pounds right. over two weeks, and then you spend the rest of the year Trying to pretending lose you'll lose it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's good. It's see, good the awesome thing is leading up to Christmas, Christine was off, or working from home, so she could go to the grocery store. And oh. so, like, I think Christmas Eve, maybe, yeah, Christmas Eve, she made uh, mini ch- Philly cheesesteaks. And I was like, God damn! Mini? Yeah, like, like we had like little mini Kaiser roll kind of oh things. You know God. what I mean? Oh, oh, I want so those good. for dinner tonight. Jeez, that amazing. All right, it's all right, everybody. That's been podcast beyond episode. No, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some news. Time for some news. News in the Christmas last news of 2014. <laughs> no more news in 2014. I kind of wonder, you know, just candidly, mm-hmm. this episode, the last episode in this episode, yeah, we're we're here for you, listeners, and we we understand that you want to listen to podcasts beyond, but there's so little going on, yeah, but w- that I feel like the episodes are a little more boring because here's, no, they want to hear our dumb stuff and they want to hear us t- uh, uh, pontificate. Well, here's on the their thing: questions. I do a lot of podcasts, as you guys know. So do you guys? Um, uh, here's the thing about podcasts: they are almost always better. Than the sounds in your own mind. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No one ever listens to a podcast for information yeah. about the breaking news of I last week. I don't know. Week. I kind of feel yeah. like with all the, I kind of, I kind of disagree. I think that, I think that people are here for personality and perspective. Most, well, that's true. Damn, nailed it. Clem's up. She's got everything in her hands. That's true. <laughs> that they're here for perspective, and yeah. they're here because if you want perspective, who's better to give you perspective on your life than me? Yeah. Almost anyone. Cheesy actually. Queso wrote in with a question. I, I assure you he wants it answered. He, um, he's not like, oh, man, I wish they didn't do the show but today. I, but I guarantee you that there are people driving around. You know, a lot of people listen to the show, and you know, I'm sure that there is a segment of people that drive around 
in you know doing their job. I, I picture a FedEx man or something, or yeah. like a mm-hmm. guy that's going from they, job to job, yeah. and like and he doesn't know what's going on because he's you know always working or he's got a family or whatever, and so these things are enlightening to him. So I just think about what specifically I, with the Roper report that yeah, these th- 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 it's lean pickings in December. Generally, there's got to be more informational podcasts out there than us. Well, <laughs> there there's got to be better informational podcasts than podcasts. About like, PlayStation, I don't I like, know. I like how you said there's got to be like you weren't sure. <laughs> I, I, I would guess that there are probably a hundred thousand more informational podcasts <laughs> than any of the ones that any of us are on. Really? They're not really those. I mean, Our hypothetical abortion is, podcast. This is the only one that tries to be informational. I think. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, no, I, there's there's news here, but there's also like you know mini cheesesteak recipes yeah, and stuff. Like that. The, we should. Put I will say that the, the the insight, the knowledge, and the and the facts on podcast beyond are almost insurmountable for any other podcast in terms based of based on PlayStation. Be, no, just on anything at all. Oh, on anything. Yeah. Period. Okay. Anything. Got period. Yeah. Cheesesteaks, Clementine, PlayStation, Islanders, Mega Man. Yeah, all the things that are. In, I'm only kidding. This podcast is terrible. Number one on the, the Roper Report. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> How many items are there? Uh, there are five items on the list. A this baker's week. does. A baker's six. Number one. If you, you might have noticed this, the PlayStation Network was on the receiving end of a massive DDoS attack. <laughs> you might have noticed. Uh, during the holidays, the force the network down for days on end. Since December 24th, PSN's connectivity has been spotty, with few people able to access network services on the 25th or 26th of December. By the 27th, the network started to come back, but it's been intermittently down since then. Xbox Live also went down due to the same attack, but was brought up quicker and more stably than Sony's counterpart. Yep. Shocking. Um, and this story is horrible. It sucks. It's horrible on so many levels. Did, uh, were there reaching effect? Were you were in you were in the New York, the tri-state area yeah. at this time? Were there far-reaching effects out there? Were people talking about this? Yeah, people were rioting. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, just in the tri-state. It area. was mostly about the police, but it was we're, also <laughs> kind of there was like one guy in a PlayStation <laughs> shirt. Um, but this is it, to me, it's like I don't know it, 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 the uh, the guys that did this. What are they called? Lizard Gang. They sound like a like a, a team from Star Fox. They're the ones claiming credit. Yes. Um, they they were asked why they did it, and they were like, "Well, they did it for the lulls." Like, which is just like that was the weird thing. It's, it seems like when there was the the hacks beforehand, there was like we're doing this because of X, and this one was just like we want to screw with everybody. We want to screw with people, yeah. And, and that was the sad part for me is like uh, Christine was talking to her family, right? And she like oh you're doing like the phone calls you do on Christmas to talk to everybody and the relatives and the cousins. And one of her uncles was like oh yeah, and we bought the system, but we're gonna have to return it. It's broken. She's yeah. like why? And she's like well we turn it on and we can't find the network. Something's wrong with it. And yep. she'd be like no 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 it's this. Like if you. Buy this for your seven-year-old, then what? You're not going to IGN. You're not. How do you figure out what's going on? Exactly. I mean, probably just anecdotally, you guys, because I know I got a bunch of two people were just tweeting me pictures of their new consoles that they couldn't yeah, play. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it totally struck me as the, I remember growing up getting consoles for Christmas and that just being one of the best days of my life. I right. Mean, those de- those days defined me and eventually got me here. Uh, and I can't imagine like my mom being like, well, um, so there's a hacker group called the Lizard Gang, and for the lulls, <laughs> they disabled your new toy. And I'd be yeah. like. Why? Yeah. Like, how does he? How does their power supersede Santa's? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right. how does that work? Harsh realities. Of exactly. This, this so, I mean, age. it sucks. Like, I get trying to point out flaws in a in a company's uh, infrastructure. That's the sort of David and Goliath thing that will always permeate. But to do it like. Christmas should be sacred is what I'm trying to say. It sucks too. Do it any other day but Christmas. Everybody had time off. Like, yeah. I had been talking to Fran on Christmas Eve, and I was like, I really want to get back into Destiny. Fran's super obsessed with Destiny. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what level are you? I'm like, I'm 24 at the time. And he's like, all right, I'm going to make a new character, and I'll roll him, and in eight hours, I'll be to where you are, and we can go. And I was wow. like, awesome. And then like we got home that night, and everything was effed. Everything was destroyed. And it was off the rails to like, Sunday night. And I was like, well, I can't. I don't have time right now, and Frank yeah. couldn't catch up in time. Yeah, it's bullshit. Uh, our friend Cheesy Queso, that's also Steve from Oregon, but mm-hmm. Cheesy Queso on the PlayStation Network, writes, and it says, hey, guys, 
The PlayStation Network outages over the last couple of days have been pretty annoying, and I know how you guys feel about entitlement in gamers and society in general, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But since the PlayStation has made PlayStation Plus a requirement to play online games, are we not entitled to a more secure online service? I know this is a delicate subject and is no way comparable to the breach of 2011, but it was particularly annoying to be able to pl- play online. It was, I'm sorry, it was particularly annoying not to be able to play online games on my holiday. Love to know your thoughts. Keep up the good show. Cheesy queso. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's an unfortunate situation. It, yeah. it just I agree. Like I don't understand. Like that's what I was saying to people. Like I don't understand why you do something like this. You know, like like that's just weird to me to like want to disru- be that disruptive for no reason. I mean, there's like righteous things that certainly sure. Um, you know, hackers can do. I guess, but like I don't feel like going after like innocent people is like a righteous thing. Like what you know, you know. I mean. Not to get political, but like when things are leaked from bad things governments are doing, and like that's given out to the public, so they'd be like, "Look what your government's doing." Yeah. Right. And like that's that's I think somewhat righteous, you know. Like that's a somewhat righteous thing to do. Like whether or not it's it's right or wrong, you know, and and, and certainly not legal, but you know, like there are ways that that you know people with that kind of knowledge can help, you know, and yeah. like and and do good things. But it seems like it's always used to do terrible things well, to people that don't deserve to be punished because they didn't do anything wrong. Reading like, between the lines of their message, I sort of gathered that they did it because they wanted jobs. <laughs> really? Like, it was sort of just like, hey, there's hackers in jail that can that can do better than this, and they're behind bars. And uh, we've had examples in the last few years of, of hackers actually getting hired by major companies to be like, point out our flaws. Like, what right. do we do wrong? Um, like the movie Catch Me If You Can. That's right. check fraud. Exactly. Um and that's sort of uh, that. That's sort of a weird way to do it. And like again, I, I do kind of understand the like let's take down the giant network because we can thing. Like that's you know that's that's a David and Goliath type of thing. But I do think that like doing it in a way that affects everybody uh, who is outside of that is is problematic and selfish. Like I think making yeah. it so people can't play video games on Christmas is so. Um, I don't know what Sony can do in a situation like this. If they want to, like, if they want to give, you know, sort of some incentive back to the people. Like, if you actually broke down PlayStation Plus is how much money a year if you don't get any 50 deal? Bucks. 50 bucks a year, right? And if they or did they the math on. That's, uh, I don't know anymore. And if it's down for seven days of that year, then I guess they owe you, you know, what, a dollar seventy-five or three bucks, whatever the math is. I didn't go to math school. Um, <laughs> I went to art school. God I went to damn art it. school. Where they don't, yeah, there's nothing like that. Um, so I guess from there they can say we we're gonna give you three bucks back or five bucks back yeah. or here's a free PlayStation Plus game or here's an extra thing. Like, Fifty. Yeah, you know, I mean, the last time the PlayStation Network went down, it was down for what like a month and a half or yeah, something like month, that, yeah, yeah. and they gave us games. a choice between a couple of games. Yeah, and that was fine. And you know, I wasn't particularly enthused by any of them because I played them already. But I was like, thank you. That's, right. that's better than it's nothing. a nice move. Yeah, yeah, and that's where this is the weird one. Like the response from both Xbox and PlayStation was to tweet, "We saw, we're sorry you're having so much troubles. We're giving away copies of the game, yeah. retweet to win, kind of thing." And I was like, that didn't seem right. But then again, in the same breath, I also feel for them. Right, like it's not. A hack, hack where they went in and found, like, with the PlayStation, right, where there was, like, one digit that's always the same, so they were able to extrapolate and get in that way. This was, like, we're, our servers are being overloaded by these people, and, like, sorry, like, there's nothing we can do, and I'm not at all tech-savvy to even understand what a DDoS attack is, let alone how to stop it. How yeah. do you up your bandwidth it's, to accept in the request well, they, to yeah, not that, overflow? The, the Lizard Gang actually... <laughs> Every time I say that, I laugh. I think there's a squad. Lizard squad? I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a huge difference between a, a gang of lizards and a squad. Uh... <laughs> they um they basically said that they that had they manned up bandwidth uh on each side it would have been 
uh, avoidable. Because what they basically did was just send like swarms and swarms and swarms of traffic towards right. a central hive and then overflowed it. And, uh, what it's sucks so is weird. Like, it's so weird. But what what sucks is that, like the people fixing it. Like it's also Christmas for them. Too. Yeah, I know, right? And they're sitting there at dinner and they get this text and it's like, oh, the lizard squatting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think you know the. I don't know. It to me, it's like you know, as far as I understand, like what these guys did. I think that real hackers and like security experts are like these guys, like Krebs. I don't know if you guys read Krebs on security. It's like a site that comes up every once in a while. This guy, it's like a really interesting website by a guy who like deals with like very popular site actually that deals with uh, just internet security and stuff like that. And he yeah. always like writes these commentaries, or whatever. He's like, these guys aren't hackers. Like doing a DDoS is not hacking, you know? Yeah. Um, and. Um, you know, a lot of people were tweeting at us over the holidays, being like, "Why aren't you talking more about it?" And saying it's like, "Because I don't want, like, I don't want to. Why do you want to give them attention? Like, just go about your business. I know it sucks. I know it sucks. Like, that you can't play your PS4, but like, just starve these guys of the oxygen they want. And like, if if no one fed into it, mm-hmm. just like many other things on the internet, you could just suffocate it and it would go away. Yeah, sure. you know, like that's just the fact of the matter. Now I understand that like it's impossible to coordinate something like that, but I'm not going to contribute my own, you know. I'm not going to like give them any any you know any oxygen extra oxygen by talking about it. And, like, Let alone it. ten minutes on the uh, world number PlayStation one PlayStation. Well, when it was happening, now it's over. I mean, now it's yeah. Listen, of course, I mean, it's you know, but, but it, I, the inbox demands that we talk about this. There was yeah. enough people yeah, upset wanting not, to yeah. talk about. It. No, but on Twitter and like all those kinds of things, yeah, it sucks. Like I couldn't play games either, and and not that I, I there was nothing I really specifically wanted to even play this this holiday season. You anyway, know, but, DC Universe Online, but um, I, and Vita worked just fine. Uh, not Resogun. No, not Resogun <laughs> anymore. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, it's just it just sucks that these things happen. And like I said earlier, there's so many smart people out there that really understand computers and really understand networks and and have a lot of intellect, and they can use their their abilities to help companies yeah. that don't deserve. Like the thing that's always weird to me is that like why do you want to like like I understand why you want to do it. I guess if you're you know you're mean spirited and you're you're evil basically. But like why would you want to hack a company and steal credit card information of just innocent people that are shopping there. Why do you want to knock a network down like this or, or interrupt people, like disrupt people? Like there are, there are – you can use your abilities for good, you know, and it's, do it's, the right thing and it's help. Pretty, it's the scene in The Dark Knight where Joker's just hanging out of the car and he's just like smiling and laughing like a dog on vacation, right? And there's like – there's no logic or reason behind it. Like he lights the money on fire. He doesn't care. It's just sort of like – it's just fun. I like fucking with shit. Like there's no yeah. – there's it's just like – Anarchy. Like so we did this to show we can do this. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. It's not like, oh man, this is a, we're, you know, we're going to gain so much from this. Like even if they never get a dollar from it, it's just sort of being like, I'm part of a movement. Everyone talked about them. And yeah, they, everyone they, talked they about me and my thing. movement yeah. and blah blah blah. blah yeah, it's just so. like it's sociopathic behavior that you don't want to reward. Like it's find a postmortem kind of like we're doing now, but like at the sure. time, like I don't know. I understand the rage. Everyone's confused and stuff like that, but like just don't engage with it like they they do the same things to the network over and over again now the bigger confusion is like why sony can't you know fix this problem there are ways to stop ddos attacks and like like why can't i mean it's apparently complicated i'm not technical at all but like i've I've read plenty about it since it was interesting that xbox live was up so much quicker yeah because their infrastructure is just better i I was thinking about it the other day like the worst job in the industry has to be a playstation network uh, engineer yeah yeah that's just because, like, you didn't make the network and, and you have to somehow fix it and defend it against, you know, people that want to bring it down or whatever with clearly broken infrastructure that's clearly inferior to the competition. So, yeah. um, but nonetheless, I'm glad it's back up now. And, you know, it gives you perspective a little bit on 
why these consoles are even connected to the internet, like need to connect to the internet. Yeah, know? that's. I mean, I was actually thinking about that because you guys were kind of uh, tweeting a lot about the Tetris game that you were right. having problems with, and I was sitting there going, my, you know, my 1989 copy of uh, Tetris for Game Boy still works. Exactly. Like it never. It never. Games used to just work, and I sound like an old man when I say that, but that's weird to think that things used to just work without having to constantly uh, identify with a network. And when the network's down, you can't play a game. Like, that's that's insane to me. There should always be a sort of fail-safe that's just like, he just wants to play a video game today. Let him. It's on the disc. It's yeah. on his hard drive. Let him do it. Yeah, all the PSN games that have the little lock insignia yeah. on there. I was like, God dang it. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's insane. And the Tetris thing is infuriating specifically because... You know, it's happened the, the, before. Yeah, <laughs> this this exact problem has been suffered before from other people. Like, like you need to QA your games better. Like, it's inexcusable. I don't know that, if we talked it, about this on the show last week, did we? Tetris. I don't, I don't the, pro- think so. the problem if you're if you're a FedEx driver and we're your only source of any information is that Tetris came to PlayStation Network. Colin and I love Tetris. We downloaded Tetris and it chugged, ran, crashed. It didn't work, and it's because we had they think two thousand friends. Yeah. And so if the only way to play it without that happening for us is to play offline. And this whole Tetris is new thing is like. How are your friends doing? And here's this leaderboard. Yeah, it's inexcusable. Like it's I, I like I, I if I made this game and I, I QA'd this game and I let this game get out, I'd be embarrassed by like the fact that this specific problem is holding the game back and that it's not fixed yet. That's the, the bigger embarrassment. Was, okay, like it slipped through the cracks of Q and A. We didn't for some reason stack a friends list. Like you know, yeah. we might have learned from you know from other studios or whatever that this is a problem. But um, that it's came, the game came out literally like three or four weeks ago, right? right. Like. Like it's like three weeks. The ago, fact I think. that it, yeah, that they the fact that like it's it not, yeah, like it's it is weird. a big problem. It's I weird. went to play it last night and I was like, oh, it's got to be fixed by now. Yeah, and no patch downloaded, and then I was like, all right, and then it started up, and it's like it's still broken. I'm like this is this is insane. It's Tetris, and I and 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 <laughs> and not only that, and I understand it's not the game running that's like breaking it. It's like it's connectivity to PSN, but it's like it, it's not acceptable to be like, oh, just disconnected from the internet. Like I want to like post my leaderboard scores. Like I don't want to play Resogun offline. I newsflash, I don't have to. Yeah. Because it works. Yeah. You know? And uh, so it, it's just a, it's a weird problem. Like, all these games are broken, and this fall has been, like, a joke almost. I know. With, like, yeah. games. Like, oh, that's my God. I'm, like, yeah, so, this fall has been totally I'm, like, frankly, up. so unenthusiastic about, like, everything that's coming out right now because it's just, like, <laughs> these games are just broken. Well, we're just getting constantly burned, and our audience is, too. And it's it's getting, like, it's just actually very disheartening. And I, I forget. I, I might have talked about this on, on another show at IGN, but... You know, like I've had Assassin's Creed Unity sitting in the plastic wrapping for like two months now. But every couple of days I hear about a new patch coming out. And I'm like, I guess I'll try that game in three or four months when it's done. Yeah. yeah but it's yeah. been sitting there, but I can't play it. And I'm like, I want to see what, you know, what Paris looks like. I want to see what the their next-gen crowd engines look like and stuff like that. But I don't want to see any of the stuff that has plagued that game. So I have to sit and wait until it's ready. But that's their job. <laughs> <laughs> they should let sit and wait until it's ready and then put it out. I shouldn't have a game that's constantly evolving sitting on my shelf. You know, I should be able to play something when it's ready. And to add an additional wrinkle to the Tetris thing that's interesting, um, that licensing agreement that I believe Ubisoft has with Tetris now has uh, caused Nintendo to, starting, I believe, January 1st, remove all versions of Tetris off the eShop really? on, on, yeah, on 3DS and Wii U. I didn't see that. So the original Game Boy Tetris that I talked about still works. Yeah, it does on the on my 3DS for the next 48 hours. And now if I don't have it downloaded and saved on my 3DS forever, it's gone. Which means that the last, pretty much the last Tetris you can play now is that b- <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I, and, I don't, and I don't think it's so uncommon for... Um, for you know these these games that once worked to just be totally broken now. Like when you think about uh, 
you know, Call of Duty had problems when it came out, but like matchmaking and all that was fine on previous Call of Duties. Yeah. Like, you know, Battlefield obviously was maybe the canary in the coal mine last year. That game was friggin' totally broken, and a lot of people that game is still totally broken. Yeah. Um, I, I don't play Battlefield, but that was sort um, of a like a preview of things to come yeah. for this year. Honestly. And it's it's just it's like they're working out the kinks for everybody. It's yeah. like, I agree fine. with you. Like the only way, let's be frank. Like the only way you stop this is to stop buying their games until mm-hmm. they fix them. You know, and they don't care about what you say. They care about what is in your wallet, and if you give it to them. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's what they care about. So. And it's not one or two publishers. It's a lot of publishers. It's a lot of. It's the first parties. It's everybody. They care about the money, and that makes perfect sense. I feel like it's it's a borderline like class action lawsuit territory where you're looking at people who are buying games in mass and not being able to play them. Like I can't think of any anything else that works like that. Like if I buy a book and it's missing ten chapters, or I order a pizza and they send me a dough and two pieces of pepperoni, (laughs) they're like the sauce and the cheese are coming in three months. That's bull. That shouldn't work like that. Like that's yeah. insane. Yeah, and I and I think that the I I personally think that it it makes mo- the most sense to for these publishers to be like we're just rushing these games out and we need to be honest with ourselves that they're not ready. Yeah. That the ideal should be that a game works out of the box and never needs to be patched. Yeah. And that like the one the 1.01 patch that is released for every game should be like the little things that like stability yeah and stability and fix up and... a, a typo somewhere or something but like not. Like not an essential thing. It's like when kill. It's like gigs. It's like when Killzone came out, on Vita. like on Vita. Like Killzone wouldn't even fit on a four gig card because like you could download it. Yeah. But then you couldn't download the patch and the game wouldn't work. Like there's all these weird things. Like when pa- like Borderlands or other games like these have massive patches that are as big as the game. You know, the, like the game's already forty gigabytes on PS4. Like, how how much more data do you need? Like, the game should just be fixed and refined before it's released. I agree, and it's also because they they sort of uh, selfishly assume the responsibility of the user to sort of shoulder all of that all, all of that bandwidth too. Like, there are people that you know we have unlimited data plans. We're in San Francisco. Ooh, we're so great. But there are people who live in places where they're just like, hey, Caps. I have like three gigs a month, two yeah. gigs a month. Like, and you give them an eight gig download day one, and it's like. That's a problem. Like someone's paying over over usage charge on that. Like that like that shouldn't ever happen. Things should be ready and then they should be put out and if they're not ready they should be delayed. And if that means that some dude at some company gets fired because they didn't meet their their you know quota for the year, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, not my problem. Yeah, exactly. I just want to play video games. And at the end of the day, I think that, you know, a lot of this is just another reason why I love indie games and why I love smaller games and smaller studios because their games work. Yep. You know, you know what game didn't have a problem? Shovel Knight. Yep. That game didn't have any problems at all. It was fine. Yep. It worked just fine. You know what game had a massive problem when it came out? Dead pretty Nation. much pretty yeah, Dead Nation. Had, oh my god. The don't get me started on Dead Nation, man, with, with, with the fact that that problem just reared its head again, like, out of nowhere. My problem is things like Tetris that worked fine 20 years ago but doesn't work now, or Master Chief Collection, which worked 10 years ago but doesn't work now. Like, just don't put it out. If it's not ready, don't put it out. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. It's like, so that's what I'm saying when it gets back to, oh, just disconnect it from the internet. It's like, no, just fix your game. Yeah. You know? Like, that's what you need to do yeah, now. Because together. now I'm, like, actually starting to get angry about it. Because, like, I, I, I typically give them the... I try to give devs the benefit of the doubt because we really don't understand what it's like to crunch and we really don't understand like what it's like in the trenches. And making games is hard. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. It's very hard work. But the bigger the games get and the more ambitious the games get and the more connected the consoles get, the more broken the games become. And that's not a coincidence. So fix the games. And if they're not ready, then don't, don't release them. them. Then don't release them. And this, we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, but this is why I have such a great appreciation for Nintendo. Yeah. Because their games work. 
You know, like Wii U was the first console they ever had that you could start pa- like home console where you can actually patch things because the Wii was so the games released on Wii like Galaxy worked. You know, and they didn't need to patch it. And when a game had a catastrophic breaking like Metroid Other M, we talked we talked about this podcast. Yeah, they actually took your SD cards and f- and gave you new saves. Yep, which is insane. But it worked. It's what they and, had to do. And, and I don't know. It's just I, I I'm so disturbed by the quality control, and, it, and it's made me so unenthusiastic about a lot of these new releases, and much more enthusiastic about a lot of the smaller games coming out because I can rely on them. I can rely on those smaller games, and I can rely on those smaller studios, and we can't rely on big publishers right now to, you know, whether it's Little Big Planet 3, which is broken for I, a lot I mean, of people, or was, and I, and people tweeted me today saying, nope, the game's still broken. Yep. Um, and our friend Eric is saying the game's totally botched. Uh, you know, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare had its problems. Uh, Assassin's Creed had its problems. Far Cry had its problems. List goes, you, I mean, it's endless. Yeah, you it's don't endless. start down this but it's kind of, it's But to me, it's counterintuitive to their efforts to uh, sort of, to garner as many sales as possible and defeat the used games market, right? Because why oh, sure. would I be there day one if you're not ready for me day one and I'm not ready for you? Like if your product is not finished day one, I'm not buying it day one. I'll buy it two months later. And if I go buy it two months later, I'm going to look online to see the best deal I can get. And if that's a used copy at GameStop, then yeah, why not just do that? So no, you won't get my $60 on day one. You'll get it two months later, but it won't even be – you won't even see that money. You know, a used game seller will. So – they're screwing themselves over in the long run, and I really feel like they're they're hurting. Like, that. but are they? I mean, that's my thing. Like, we say they're screwing themselves over. Vote with your wallet, and yada yeah. yada yada. But are people really going to do that? Like, when the next Call of Duty comes out, are people really going to step back and say, "I'm going to so, wait and see what happens"? I mean, i i used to I used to be with you on that one, but yeah. I, I do feel that things like these thing, these ripples do do fill the pond. They do eventually. matter. Yeah. Um, and I look at the way uh, Microsoft handled things leading up to the Xbox One, just sort of like. And making these announcements that were, uh, you know, anti-consumer, uh, the, there being revolts about it, and then they're they're still sort of battling that that notion today. Uh, I do feel that like there was a couple of years where like the Ubisoft logo really meant something, and it was after the a couple years after the EA logo meant something, and then the EA logo just sort of became synonymous with like ripping people off and microtransactions, and then Ubisoft logo starting to become synonymous with uh, games that don't work on release day or de- uh, developers that are misleading and stuff like that, and that's unfortunate because thousands of people work on these games, and sure, they are beautiful sure. works of art once they're up and running. I mean, Ubisoft had worked, they made Far Cry 4, which is one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, Assassin's Creed looks beautiful. Valiant aside Hearts. from everything. Valiant Hearts. Like, uh, they make Rayman, a whole Child bunch of, of other games. Yeah, so many good games. You yeah. know, they, they really are talented people. But that logo is going to start being synonymous with uh, with doubt and negativity. Cooked, yeah. So, yeah, it is it is ironic how quickly the optics have turned on Ubisoft specifically. Because yeah. I remember even saying on this podcast earlier this year, and certainly in years past, like, I'm really, I'm really interested in what these guys are doing. These guys are doing really good work. And... Um, they're like, oh, are we? Watch yeah, this, yeah. Moriarty. And, yep. they, and I'm like, these guys are really becoming the, the top tier premier publisher that you can really rely on to release good games. And and to their credit, they did they did fund Child of Light, and to their credit, they did fund Violent Hearts, and those games did work because they're not overly connected and they're not overly connected with ambition. Um, but then we get to all you know, Watch Dogs, and which I I played for two hours. I know you really like love that game. Mm-hmm. I played it for two hours. I was like, I don't want to play this. And then we get to Far Cry 4, which is a great game, but then Assassin's Creed's broken, and Tetris has problems, just all this weird stuff. And then with Sony, who you can always, I think, always rely on for their first-party games, like Drive Club is a, was a disaster. Like a disaster. I've never seen anything like that, you know, like released in the AAA space oh, before. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then Little Big Planet was like long in development and just didn't work. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm I, I I'm like, what is going on? Like, it's just so interesting to me. And and 
it makes me feel like maybe my position has evolved or I'm just I was wrong or maybe things have just changed Mm -hmm. where it's like I never really had a problem with used games per se. You got to do what you got to do with your own money. But I was like, if you want to reward the publishers, you want to reward the developers, you got to buy that game new because there's just no revenue stream after the game leaves the shelf for them, except for DLC, obviously. And I like doing that. Right, exactly. But now I agree with you. It's like, why would you give these guys your money? You know, like, like, why, why would you do that? Well, yeah, especially on the first day, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like you have now, you have to take a wait and see approach right. to all these things, and you could you could trust you used to be able to really trust them, and now they have to regain that trust. But that's the thing is that they have to regain the trust. You but, don't, you don't just so then back it. to my point of like, does it really matter, right? Like I remember when DC Universe Online launched and get being there day one, and then tweeting about the fact the servers were overloaded. This wasn't happening. Everybody's like, "Welcome to an MMO launch." And yeah. Diablo came out. Welcome to an MMO, or you know, not you know what I mean. Online people who are in that scape, the PC gamer who's ahead of the curve on most things, right? Sure. They that's just how it is, and that's just like the joke, right? That's just the line. So isn't that just going to be the line for the next games that come out? Well, I mean, next year's Assassin's Creed. Next year's I mean, I mean, y- yes Evolve, and no, right? When Evolve comes out in a couple of months, is it like day one? If it's all effed up, we're gonna be like, <laughs> welcome to 2015. Well, so I would, I would sort of hope that Evolve works on 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 a, a fundamental level on day one. I understand things like DC Universe Online and Minecraft, which are, uh, you know. Uh, very, very different games now than they were when they first started. Right. Like these are evolving worlds. And I do understand that like at some point you have to ship the game and put it out and let people start populating that world and then building it from there. That's sort of acceptable. You know, and I say that sort of with like a wink and a nod because I I don't feel like we need to – games do need to – come out at some point um and i do feel you like understand the technical limitations of testing an environment 100 percent, yeah 100 percent. but i do feel like something like you know uh your far cries and your assassin's creeds should absolutely work on a fundamental level on day one and they should be able to be completed from start to finish like there shouldn't be entire chunks of the world missing or there shouldn't be uh nine gigabyte day one patches like i feel like all of that needs to be baked in the disc that sounds like somebody is is flying in hot and landing the plane like on one wheel on a a wing on fire like and that doesn't really exude confidence to me in purchasing a product i do understand like the 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 ever-evolving breathing worlds of of games like minecraft and everything else because they are very different games than when they started but something like an assassin's creed or a master chief collection or tetris should work on day one yeah, I, I filthy mouth today, Altano. These are all you, pretty much. Oh, really? I think Colin's got one in there. Okay, God, I, I'm so sorry. I, I, th- <laughs> I think that yeah, it, it makes you it makes me long and pine for a simpler time when games really worked and you didn't have to worry about it. and we didn't have to talk about these things and we could have confidence in in and really talented, you know, developers and publishers um, to deliver their games or whatever. And I'm not even really sure it's the devs. You know, I I I, I actually think that they're the ones being funded, and so they're the ones that need to release the game at a certain time and their games are just not ready yeah or they're not being tested properly that's just that's just weird man See, that's what I, I think it comes back to that in terms of testing properly and how like there, I, I don't think that there's a checklist that includes full friends list i don't think sony has a way to populate your dev kit to its full potential than to have it test on a retail server and see what it's like mm-hmm. so that's like when the when it happened with tetris and it was all screwed up i it did like when i did the hey we've you know colin and i did a let's play earlier today here's how it doesn't run later in the afternoon i did hey ubisoft's come by showed me unplug it that's not a solution but it is and i talked about how i felt for them right because the comments of course were like i can't believe these developers wouldn't know what to do the ubisoft's made how many playstation games it's like well ubisoft has but this is a different developer who right. isn't out there doing they they weren't on assassin's creed they don't know this they but now now there's the difference of it's 
two weeks later or whatever, and there's still no fix. That's when I think it's more on them to have figured this out. But on the backside of it, before it comes out, the fact that Xbox ran fine and what it, not was it Steam ran fine or whatever, that not ha- they didn't have these problems is the fact that PlayStation is a different beast. And PlayStation, are they communicating that to third parties? Are they saying like, here's an issue a lot, not a lot of people, but you know, point one 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 percent of people run into you know blah 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 blah. Yeah, no, I I think that it, I mean it, there's a failure on many levels. You know? Yeah. Like the fact is, is that like yeah, I, I can. We were talking about like you know forgiving the online environments evolving and, and things not working. I guess so, but games do come out that are massively multiplayer that yep. work. So like it's not like it's not like this is a this is. There's got to be a question of competence at some point, you know. Like things, some things work and some things don't. It's not like it's 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 totally congruent everywhere. Right, like right. every online game is broken. No, that's not the way the <laughs> games come out, right? Like. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but didn't Destiny work fine? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Destiny was getting slammed like way more than Drive Club. Mm-hmm. You know? So you have to you have to you have to ask yourself like you know, w- w- what is going on? Like why isn't this working? You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not this congruent problem that like everyone is just There were issues, but you were able to get online and play. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you and you iron those kinks out, but Destiny worked like you could play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember cuz everyone was playing it. Yep. You know? And to me, it's just I don't know. I, I, I've thought I've I've just had a lot of time to think about it because I've just not been playing you know a lot of AAA games. I played. I, I'm working my way through Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare's campaign, which is weird. I don't like it that much. Really? Right? And yeah, and I, I'm a I'm a big Call of Duty fan. But you love um, Kevin Spacey. I do love Kevin Spacey. It's just weird. There's too many. As a tangent on Advanced Warfare, did you guys play this game yeah, at all? I haven't done yeah. it yet. No. There's way too much crap in that campaign. Like, yeah. I just want to shoot things. See, call, the, I heard the, you don't play much. Yeah, the the essence of Call of Duty is its awesome shooting mechanics. Mm-hmm. No one does it better than Call of Duty, at all, in my opinion. You know, like I don't know why everyone doesn't just replicate everything they do in terms of shooting mechanics. But there's like all these times when you're not shooting. I'm like. I, there are multiple parts of the game that I just failed over and over again. I'm like, I don't even know what you want me to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, um, there's one part where you uh, are hanging off the side of a truck on a highway, and you have a pistol with six bullets in it, and you're just driving around, and there's these two guys on the truck, and you have to shoot them both. And I'm like, it's e- like it's it's easy in premise, and and you do it eventually, but. Like you just fail like over and over again. You're like you can't aim. Like why? This isn't fun. This I is stupid. That. Why can't this just happen automatically? Then they have all these quick time events with the with the icons that are just white and little, and you don't even know. Like you don't even see them half the time. Mm-hmm. So you're like you just fail, and I'm like I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Something about, like that. Yeah. There, like there's over. There's one part where you have to identify a guy in a crowd. Did you do this part where yes. you have to identify? And I, I failed that literally twenty times until I was like I don't know. Was it was it GTA Five that let you just skip missions after you failed them a few times? There's some game in the last few years that I really love for letting no, me do that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget what it was, but I, I was just like, this is great. Let me do this in every game because I can't deal with it. Yeah, Call of Duty games, they're, they're just like – they're some of the busiest looking games I've ever seen. Like I feel like they get 2,000 people to just – they're like, so today you're rendering 95 different trash cans and you're going to make a toilet seat and you're going to do 60 newspapers. And everywhere you go, there's just objects and they're just busy as hell. And then some guy comes in and you shoot him and it's just like after – it actually gets to me after a while. Because I'm like, this. these are just really, like, just noisy, busy worlds. <laughs> and I'm just killing everything in them. And then, like, a guy loses half a body part, and then the credits roll. Like, and it's enough. It's weird because, like, I really enjoy – I can't think of the last Call of Duty campaign I didn't like. You know, like, I really like Ghost's campaign a lot. I like Black Ops' campaign. Uh, World at War was a really good campaign, but that game was hard as hell yeah. on Veteran. I couldn't beat it on Veteran. Like, that was one of the few games I've ever encountered where I'm like, I can't play this like, game. I'm out. 
Like, it's impossible, you know? And uh, to the point where in World of War, like, the best technique a lot of people were using was just to run. Yep. So, like, like just run. <laughs> like, to get to the next checkpoint over and over again, and, like, that game was impossible. Um, but with this particular game, I was disapp- I was really excited about it. It was actually one of my most exciting games. It's just like an action movie you play for five hours. Right, right, right. And I like that. I like. I like. And I hate that people just hate on Call of Duty. To hate it. Like I, 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 I think hate, it's. Hate, 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 hate. I I don't play online at all on Call of Duty, but um, I just like the campaigns. And I was like, there's just so much stuff in this that doesn't belong there. And you're right with the like now that they they're really tracking your statistics. And this is really the first Call of Duty game where you're like kind of leveling up. Yeah. Um, I like look at my thing and I'm like I'm in the tenth or eleventh mission of the game and it's like I've killed like eight hundred and ten people. Yeah, it's insane. I'm like Jesus Christ. I'm it's like insane. a mass murderer. Yeah. You know and. How many? And I, I got 120 of them with headshots. Yeah. <laughs> and I also found the random laptops that are strewn around for Intel or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. It, the game's really disjointed to me. I'm, I'm super, I don't want to say super disappointed because I think it's good mechanically. It's just, I'm just like, I don't know what, what this game is. And uh, that was disappointing to me. Far Cry 4 was really good, as you said, or whatever. Yeah. And I still have played The Evil Within and a few of these other games. But again, I'm so disenchanted right now that I really want to retreat to... The smaller games in the indie space, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really eager and anxious to play um, some of these tinier games that are that are on that are on the precipice, like Axiom Verge. Um, you know, these 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 games. I'm like way more excited about than than AAA stuff. You know, and it makes me worried with all these connectivity issues and 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 you know this that and the other thing. Like, what what are some of the big AAA games that we're excited about coming up? That the order, like the like the order Uncharted, Bloodborne. whatever that that might no, but that might also be fundamentally broken. I'm Bloodborne. I'm serious about there's online connectivity of that so yeah we don't know what the order's online connectivity is at yeah. all i i my, my sense Mustache is that the order is totally single player okay. I, I suspect I, yeah. I bet you there's no multiplayer in it at all um they probably still have to ping a server to authenticate whatever so i just i don't know man like, I, hope that they, I, hope that, I hope that these <laughs> publishers are becoming self-aware enough and really like listening to the people to be like we have to be better than this because yeah it's going to affect our bottom line but we also owe the gamers that are loyal to us much better than this. Some some people pay some of these companies like Sony hundreds if not thousands of dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'm really feeling people out there that are that are disappointed that, that their games aren't working. I really I really feel for them. You talk about going to the indies, giving them your money. You like the indies, like to support indies. Hell yeah, dude. Jake sees a terrifying future. He writes in and says, "Hello, Greg, Colin, and Marty." This is the this is what. Hey, Marty's I'm Marty's. Uh, I have sinus issues and a beard. <laughs> I don't want to give him like a beyond. You, you sound like a muppet. I know. <laughs> the way the industry has been going for the past few years, with AAA developers becoming the minority, while indies rise up in seemingly no middle tier. Do you guys think that we've almost come full circle to where the industry first started with smaller devs who will eventually grow into bigger studios? Do you think this will play out again? Jake, he's saying, well, smaller the people who were indies who then became your Activisions when they started up, and people are like, oh, what a cool idea. Then become Activision, they become evil. New indies grow up. Will we soon see Devolver Digital or whatever turn into whole more Switchblade monkeys be horrible, horrible people? Uh, maybe. I mean, Activision's story is interesting because that's that's the company I thought of too. I mean, Activision was a split from Atari, yeah, and um, they were largely leaving because they weren't getting credit for their games. Um, that they were making, they were basically just like you know, anonymous people that were making games, and and they believed that if you put a face on the box and made people care about you know David Crane or something like that, that yeah. you know that would that would matter. David Crane, of course, is the man because of a boy in his blob specifically. Well, mainly because of Ghostbusters, but yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, you know, to me, uh, I think that regardless of the way the indie space 
evolves um and whether like you find a conglomerate a conglomeration of indies that then form a publisher that then you know do yeah. their thing or whatever that's entirely possible but i think it can only be positive because i'd rather developers be born out of that space of struggle and smallness and mm-hmm. and innovation that they had to do something different to get their games noticed as opposed to the next shooter or the next third person or you know action game the next um western rpg and, and those games are totally fine and that's great i mean we all want to play those games but yeah. That space is where everything's exciting. Everything exciting is coming from. When, like I said at PSX, um, you, when you walked in PSX, everything to the right was indie and everything to the left was AAA. And what was going on on the right was way more exciting than what was yeah. going on on the left. Like, not even close. You You're know? breaking and, David Jaffe's heart. And, uh, well, there was, there was definitely exceptions. I mean, I think Drawn to Death, we said during the thing, was was a great innovation. A totally brilliant idea. Whether or not it pans out, I have no idea. You played it. I it didn't. was a lot of fun. And, it also, it also looks more like an indie game than yep. any AAA shooter out there right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the whole thing, right? The whole Bartlett Detective Agency is, yeah. what is that? You know, I mean, that's indie to an extent, right? Like, yeah, I guess right? San Diego is, like, supporting them or whatever, but... You know, and there were, yeah, of course, there were, you know, Superstardus is over there, and, and, and although they really probably should have been on the other side, because Housemark is an indie studio, but there was, games, there was, gentrifying there, 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 was there was games on, on the left side that were, that, were, that were fun and exciting, but there was a lot over there where I was like, ah, like, whatever. Like, like on the right were all these new ideas, playing soccer with RC cars, you know, in Rocket League. Not that, that that's the second game that did that or whatever. We know uh, a, a Metroidvania game w- where you manipulate the environment with glitches, like yeah. Axiom Verge. Uh, what's the What's the game I'm thinking of I kept telling you about and I did the conversation with you about it with the, uh, like, Grecian art or whatever? Oh, Apo- uh, Pantheon. No, not Pantheon. Apothe- uh, oh, Pantheon? No, is that what that was? I know it's what you're a difficult about. name. It was a cool game. No, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. They, they were at 83 too. I, I guess oh, what okay. I'm saying is just that I was so I was going row to row with all those indie devs, you know, um, and I was just stoked about what yeah. they were doing, you know. And I was like, "These are the games I want to play." This is there's a game that looks like Fantasy Star here. There's a game that looks like Azure Dreams over there. There's a there's a, a a new Metroidvania. There's a there's a indie you know side scrolling shooter. There you know I'm like this is good stuff. You know, yeah. when I think about my my experience in 2013 and 2014, um, a lot of those games were the ones that resonated with me most: Mercenary Kings and Shovel Knight. Um, even Child of Light, which came from a big publisher but was made by a small team, I feel like that's where the innovation is coming from. So I don't think that that's a dark future. I think that these studios becoming more powerful is exciting to me. Now, the the scary thing is whether they turn into what we don't like, right? You know, so, but I don't think that that happens. So my 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 sort of mantra on indie games, and the reason I love them so much, uh, is because I feel like indie games are kind of birthed from two sides, right? And one is uh, freedom. And the other is uh, limitation. And the freedom is is what allows them to go, Apothean. we're going to make a game about a guy with a shovel. And he's going to fight people. And uh, no one goes, no. Yeah. That's great. But then they go, um, okay, here's our limit. That's our freedom, right? To pitch any idea and make it happen. Here's a limitation. Money, assets, resources, time, whatever that is. And all of those things are what caused uh, some of the, I feel some of the best innovations in video game history and the history of any medium, really, is that people were able to go, we have to work around the constraints of this tiny budget and this tiny art team, and we have to push our creativity past anywhere it would be. Whereas on Call of Duty, they just go, you know, render 10,000 things, put it all in the game, pay for everything, get it all done. On Shovel Knight, they're probably like, well, this is all we can work with. This is all we have. This is our palette. This is our structure. This is our team. This is what we have to do. So if they get bigger and bigger, that's okay. Because I think that, like you said, uh, 
if they're still rooted in the freedom of being able to do any idea they want to make without anybody stopping them, then that's nothing but a good thing. And the, the good thing about indies is that uh, unlike AAA devs, there will always be indies. AAA devs will come and go. We've seen so many burn out and get huge and then die. Um, but there will always be a small group of people making a small, a small game. And that's awesome. You know that that will never go away. So the the big the small guys might elevate to medium and to the top and might blow up and 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 fade away. But uh, there will always be ten thousand more kids in high school and in college and our old age making <laughs> making the games they want to make with the limited budgets they have and coming up with some of the coolest ideas ever seen in our industry. So it's pretty awesome. Art. Yeah. It's art. Anyone can be an artist. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that you know I I, I always try to shake and and rattle people out of like this idea that. You know, I understand why everyone wants AAA games. I understand like why we we need them. I mean, we like to play them. I'm excited about a lot of AAA games that are coming next year. I'm really excited to play The Order. I'm really excited about Uncharted. I'm, you know, like there are there are plenty of games coming out next year. Where I'm like, I'm really going to delve into this sixty dollars experience. Yeah. But you really don't need them to justify your purchase of a console or a PC. Like the games that are going to fill the cracks right now between the AAA games are the games that are eventually going to overflow and be the the meat. You know, on the plate and not the vegetables and the potatoes. Don't be stealing my goddamn things. Yeah, you have a lot of a lot of analogies lately. Uh, That's one of my best. That's me. But you know, so so to me, like I'm this future that some people dread is a future I'm like totally excited about because you know I think that we have to stop looking at games as these things that come in boxes and on a disc that put you in first person shooter mode and. Let, let you, you kill run things, around realistic, right? lush environment. Exactly, yeah. like that's great once in a while. I don't need that with every game, you know. I think people justify that attitude, which I'm totally with you on that, because I've been hearing uh, the word indie thrown around as a negative for years now, and it's it's it, it's so counterproductive to me. We're like but, indie station. Yeah, and it's so dumb. And I think I, I think I sort of understand it because I think people they spend four hundred dollars or five hundred dollars on this beast of a machine, and they want this like centerpiece to show off they want people to come in and go look at the way these leaves are rendered look at what my machine can do and not look at the nine pixels on this guy's shovel you know like that's a harder sell but to me it's sort of like being like i only listen to the 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 most highest produced music in the world like it's got to be in a major label and it's got to be produced by the neptunes and timbaland it's got to be featuring uh like 17 artists i can't name because i'm old jt but but I don't listen to any like I don't if, if some guy down the street was like I made this album it took me three years and I made it myself and it's amazing I don't listen to that I only listen to stuff on Sony and BMG and Warner Brothers right. and stuff and that's sorry it's fine I I wasn't I wasn't reprimanding you to stop you no it's just now that it's now that I see it all written down the amount of times it's like I really do have a problem you know? <laughs> no I I, I, I mean, you and I you and I curse I think equally I just have learned since we were told to stop cursing on this podcast. Oh, me too, and I, I've gotten <laughs> better, and then I went away for a week and a half, and I came back, and I'm like, hey, hey I'm back from Josie, got the f- guns. How you fucking motherfuckers doing? <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's funny how this this has gone into this tangent about just, I guess, the state of the industry itself and yeah. what gets me excited and what gets me out of bed about games in the morning and like what doesn't get me out of, like, what doesn't get me excited and what doesn't get me out of bed in the morning with games. And right now, I just, with, like, with what I'm seeing and, and, What's going on with games? Like, I'm just not excited about what's going on in that space. I'm excited about everything on the right side of PSX. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I and I and I feel like those are the guys. Those are got crazy talent. You're gonna see that some of these games are gonna be a lot of fun, and they might not make your PS4 overheat, and they yeah. might run fine on Vita, but or a PS3. 
Maybe the, some of them Shovel Knight would run fine on a PS One. The 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 fact is, is Shovel that, Knight practically would run fine on an NES aside from a few a few tweaks. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they would need to do something yeah. to it. But the like that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. One of the great games of all time to me is still you know the top down Legend of Zelda from '87. And like we, like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. You know that game runs on nothing. That game mm-hmm. that game is nothing compared to Ocarina of Time in terms of looks. But I think it's a better game. Yeah, I agree. And we have to look at things in more of the, the function of if they're fun and do you enjoy playing them. And sometimes you need that story and that art. Like you get it in Bioshock or The Last of Us where it's like this is exactly what you need to make this game work is beautiful art and ambience and music and, and environment and, and atmosphere and all that. But not every time. And I think that people have to understand that the more you get that, the less special it's going to become. Yeah, I don't want – I don't Uncharted 4, we, we're going to end up waiting four years for that game. Yeah. Right? And you're going to beat it in a weekend. You're going to beat it in a weekend, and it's going to be awesome. But what if you got an Uncharted every year? You know, like, would you care anymore? I wouldn't. No, not at all. Like, the fact that we're waiting for it, we don't even know anything about it, and we've seen it for the first time, and it looks beautiful. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to spend time with that game, but I only need that a few times a year. This is what you talked about with uh, Telltale. Exactly. This is what we talked about. Like, Telltale's losing its luster. For you. Already. Not to everybody. Because they're just doing too much. What does it mean now to be a Telltale game? See, that's the thing. DJ writes into beyond.ign.com just like you can. It says, hey, Greg, Colin, and probably not Marty. Beyond. 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 Your discussion on Telltale was interesting, and I want to add my two cents. I'm not so concerned about them being overexposed as I am with them being overextended. Mm -hmm. I'm just hoping with all the plates they have swinging, they can continue to maintain the quality in all the series they have going. Despite this concern, I would probably gladly hand over my firstborn, and so would my wife, if they did a Doctor Who season with the 10th Doctor and somehow were able to get David Tennant to do the voice acting. Keep on podcasting, Beyond. It's an interesting point. Yeah. I, I think I still think that... I think quality with Telltale Games is a relative term in the sense that, in my experience, <laughs> the, the, the story and the writing and the choices, the characters are Superb. great. Just like really almost unrivaled. Yeah. The technical the te- aspects the technical, of the game. Yeah, like the yeah. technical. Like, and that's what we were saying. Like, with like, I started playing The Walking Dead season one on Vita when I was going to Tokyo two times ago, and the game just didn't run well at all. And I was and I was like, it's a okay. slideshow at times. I yeah, did exactly. The same, I did the same exact thing. And it was like that on PS3 too, yeah. which is the other well, side. Well, it's way Not, worse. On, it's I, way I worse know, on Vita. I know. Yeah. But the point is, is that if they say, you know, I'm glad people are enjoying these games. More power to you. And, and if they and if people want to keep buying them and they want to keep making them, great. But you have to wonder and reflect on the fact that maybe if they stop taking some of these projects, they can fix their engine. You know, and then and then jump back in and give you something like uh, to me. I didn't play. I've not played anything but The Walking Dead from them, except for you know. Uh, Back to the Future. You didn't do season two yet either. Right? No, no, no. And that's I should do that. I should, maybe I'll do that today. Um, and and I and I look at it. So I'm like I'm not like a huge fan of what they've been they've been doing to the point where I need to buy everything they're doing because I'm waiting kind of for these seasons to finish and yeah. kind of get into them. And like I want to play Game of Thrones for sure. I don't think I want to play Borderlands, but um, it's funny. You know, to me, I I look at it and I'm like, wouldn't it been more exciting if, in my opinion, if they were like we're gonna we did. The Walking Dead, and we did season two, and maybe we did The Wolf Among Us, or whatever. Now we just disappear for a while, and we release the season three of The Walking Dead, and it's a totally different engine, and it's beautiful, and it runs perfectly, mm-hmm. and that would enhance the experience, mm-hmm. you know? Because for as immersive as those games are, there are times on a technical level where you are removed from the experience. 100%. 100%. Um, I remember uh, there was a... a 
point where the game stopped working for me, like in in some way, I don't remember the, the exact details when I was playing episode, season one, when the kids are like with their their teacher in the woods, or whatever, and they're oh, spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Walking Dead season one spoilers. They're walking in the woods with their teacher when right. someone gets gym caught guy. in a trap yeah, or something like that. Yeah, the gym gets caught. In the and I wanted, to, I wanted to get him out, but I could, like something was happening where the game like wasn't responding right. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. and, and so it changed the story. But yeah. I didn't. That's not the story I wanted. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah. I want, I want the story to change when I make a mistake. I've, I've talked about this in the show before, but I had the same thing with season two, playing it on Vita, coming back from Japan. Same exact thing. I was on the same flight as you, um, and I, I marathon through. I do the same thing as you. I kind of wait, or maybe I'll play the first episode, and then I'll wait until the whole season's done, and I'll play all five sh- straight through. But there was a character who pulled out a gun, and uh, the game skipped. 10 seconds and then the character was dead and I don't I didn't I don't know how that happened I'll never know how that happened and that is forever ingrained in my game forever and I it, it felt like watching a, a made for TV movie where it was just like an important part was just cut out it was like yippee kaye mother father and then you know it's just then the, the credits roll and that sucks like I don't know if they lost the bet and they have to use the same engine for 10 years or something like that. But <laughs> I'm with you. I'd, I'd much rather see them go, hey, we're going to se- spend six months to develop an entirely new. Because I don't, what I don't understand, and again, I don't, I don't make video games, so I don't get this. But um, it, how taxing is, is, is what they're doing at any given moment? Like, there aren't 10,000 characters on screen. I'm not running around like a lush. The problem is optimization, yeah, right? Because it's, so. it's the fact that it, for the most part, runs fine on PC, except when it eats your save and deletes your data. And then it's the, then it's like the law of diminishing returns. Yeah. You have to get it out to all these different platforms, and because they're on everything, it's they're on, on everything from iPhones to you know the highest end PC yep. that game is working on. And so then I think it's, as we get into it, from what I've heard, the PlayStation Four version of both season one and season two runs great because it's just it's a it, that's finally comparable to a PC, right? Yep. Those are like night and day talk to each other, and it's okay. Got it. Sure, but it's at the end. End of the day, like that makes sense, but it's also a choice to put it on those platforms. 100%. I'm not at all justifying the fact that I'm always this is the thing we always talk about. You know, you always say, like, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Journey, you would have been probably pushing for Walking Dead season one to be your game of the year. Mm-hmm. And I reviewed all the Walking Dead games, loved all the Walking Dead games, and in game of the year meetings, stood up and I'm like, don't vote for this game. Yeah, like this can't be what we say the game of the year was. Is it the story of the year? Sure, characters, emotions, yeah, yep. but like, the, I always go back to like in episode five, season one, there's a part where Lee's climbing up a ladder. And it was just like, like just yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's insane. Like five episodes into this thing, that's now you know all eyes are on it, and we can't make this run well. It's like, well, come on. You know what I mean? Item two of the Roper Report. Yeah. Wow. We're going in hard today. Well, we'll blaze through these. None of these are well, really again, there's, super there's just not that much stuff to talk about during Christmas breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the network outage, Sony has announced that it will extend the holiday flash sale and announced and unleashed before Christmas. Originally announced to run through the 29th, the sale will now run three years end and include discounts on Dragon Age Inquisition, Destiny, Call of Duty, Advanced Warfare, The Evil Within, and much, much more. Discounted games are available for PS4, PS3, and Vita. I was looking at the, the list of games. There are a lot of good games on there, or a lot of games that I think people would be interested in buying. So this is, you know... To our friends out there who may you know, looking to save a few bucks or get a game or two, um, this might be a list you want to look at. But you only have till the end of the year, so you. I hope you're listening to this Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> you better be listening to it soon. Because there, I, I was surprised. I, I, I follow. You know, we obviously follow PlayStation closely, and I look at the flash sales every time they do one. And some of them are good, and some of them are just not interesting to me. This is maybe the best one in terms of like n- these are new games, not just like a theme. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Number three, this was interesting. Sony Online Entertainment's Planet Side 2 was announced for PS4 ages ago, and now it's finally coming to the console. 
at least in beta form. The beta is slotted to go live either the week of January 13th or the week of January 20th. SOE will have more to announce after uh, about the beta the week of the 5th, and there's a little other information available for it, including how long they're planning to run it, and if this means Planetside 2's launch on PS4 is somewhat imminent. It's always so um, it's always that's so depressing when they're that big of a gap. Planetside 2's been out on PC forever, and they're about to launch H1Z1 on uh-huh. PC, and it's like... I'd love to play that on PS4. Like, how long would I have to wait for that? You know what I mean? Yeah, one hand's not talking to the other one over there, especially with with H1Z1. Like, you think that they would do that concurrently on PS4 yeah. and PC and make them talk to each other. Yeah. Nope. I don't know. We're not developers. We don't know. Nope. I'm just a guy with a microphone. Yep. Number four. You don't even own that microphone. No, I don't. I don't, I don't even own anything I have on clothes on me right now. Number four. <laughs> due, to the, due to the PSN outage, both Bungie and Rockstar have announced that special holiday-related activities in Destiny and Grand Theft Auto V, respectively, have been extended. Uh, I'm not going to bog it down because depending on when you're listening yeah, to this, it might not be relevant to you. But go, go to IGN for more information on that if you're looking for more nerdy goods in either of those games. And uh, number five, just a quick, you know, a quick shout out to our, our guys at Drinkbox. Uh, Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition is getting four-player co-op early in 2015 on PS4. The patch facilitating four-player co-op will be rolled out in the coming weeks and will be available free of charge. Uh, that game is excellent. Interesting. Four-player co-op? Yeah. Through I, the main campaign? I guess so. How yeah. the hell does that work? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I still think Guacamelee is one of those really, truly special games. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, if you haven't played that game for some reason, oh, you gotta go play that game. It's mm-hmm. it's too good. It's too good. And I hope that they get to do a sequel one day. We saw them at PSX. It was great to see them at PSX. Yeah, good guys. Good fun. Excellent guys. We we were we flew to Toronto. We thought because uh, we had to fly to Toronto. Yeah. To go see Frank. Yep. Our friend Frank. What a Frank. We were, there was the three of us. Unicornus. And, and uh, we uh, don't call him. That. He gets so mad. <laughs> he does get so mad. Unicronus. Everybody knows Frank. And drink and Drinkbox is also located in Ontario. So I was I was um, I emailed with them in the, the weeks before, and I'm like, are you guys leaving? PSX like the night the Sunday night going back to Canada and they're you know and they're like yeah and I'm like we, and it was like the same time and I'm like yeah. we must be on the same flight and ended up being we were not on the same flight we didn't yeah. know until we got so to the airport we, so we'd, we, already, we'd gone in separate cabs we're like we'll see you at the airport yeah we, we got had, there and we, like no we had dinner with them and then we were like all right we'll go to the airport we just never saw they them. emailed us on Monday like did you guys make it like are you oh, okay really? yeah um uh, Brian hi all those games sound cool but I want to know what came to stores now so where do I go uh, the uh, Andrew Goldfarb Memorial official list of game releases on IGN.com and Amazon Prime something like that how did I do I have to look because I was looking the other day so usually the drop is is on Sundays but Clements is slacking as usual no pride in his work I don't think there was a drop because I don't think there are any games coming out this week no that makes sense which would make perfect sense so uh, nothing. There's nothing. Possibly on the list. nothing coming out. Possibly nothing. Check the All PlayStation right. Network. You'll know if there's something. Play some there. old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Play some of that good. That good old stuff. Call uh, your moms. Yeah. Call your parents. Say hello. Final question of the week sent to beyond at IGN.com, just like you should send all your final questions of the week. Fiat writes in and says, hey, Greg, Colin, and I presume Marty's still away for the holidays. Whoever's in the third chair. What's up? That's you, bro. How are you? I'm. He's good. I assume he's writing in. Beyond. No, he was asking how you are. I'm fine. Okay. It's good to talk to you. Just checking out. I love you a lot. Pertillo yelped really loud when I tried to move him today, but he's just a bitch. Really? He misses me. That's why. Oh, okay. Beyond. 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 Back and beyond episode 298, Colin said he'd almost guarantee that at launch there would be a SKU from Sony that included the PlayStation 4 and Vita in one box. With over a year since the PlayStation 4's launch, do you think this will happen? I don't hold out much hope, but maybe when PlayStation Now gets out of beta, the guaranteed launch bugs are sorted out, they will figure out a way to do this and and push the relationship between PS4 and its little buddy. There were unofficial bundles, right? Yeah, there were. Nothing officially from Sony? I thought, I, I could be mistaken and let's be clear i'm mistaken about more than i'm not mistaken on mm-hmm. uh 
I could have sworn that in the UK or in Europe, like just in the European territory, like PAL territory, that they did release like an official bundle. I remember there was a box art leaked. I don't know if it was ever confirmed. Right. This is the thing. Um, I can Google for you real quick. But yeah, no. You think I, it will I, ever come to the states? Then I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the movie. I mean, I, I. That makes too much sense. I mean, I would, I would do it and just charge. Jesus, like at this point, like just charge the same amount of money and just put a Vita in the box. You think so? Like, why not? You know, I think like, it's a, it's, it's sort of expecting a lot. It's, it's a whole, it's just a lot of PlayStation in one box. Not like that's a bad thing. That's a great thing. But it's sort of, it's sort of like if I, if I give you the box set to a band you've never heard of before. You know, you're like, hey, here's 95 CDs. Here's every Green Day album ever. Like, I've never heard one of their songs before. You're like, well, here's all of them. Uh, it's just, a, it's sort of a lot to sort of be like, I wouldn't even know where to start where I open that box, right? And I think with the PlayStation Now stuff, um, that's even all the more reason to hone in on one device and not a couple of different ones. Because, I mean, you can play PS4 games on your Vita using PlayStation Now. You can play... Vita games on your PS4, I believe, using PlayStation now, right? Ideally, in their utopia, they're sort of painting. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of what-ifs about all of that kind of stuff. I mean, the, the bigger thing to me is, like, just get the hardware out there and then be like, it's a controller for your PS4, and it's got its own thing yeah. over here if you want to mess with it. But, yeah, I, I, I do wonder if it will happen. Amazon France has a product page for a Vita PlayStation 4 bundle. Right. That looks pretty official. It's still not up to buy or do anything. You click on – this is a – I'm on – GameSpot.com, which is referencing the IGN article, but shows the product page. And even when I click through now to the project page, it's saying that you can't. It's like got the placeholder December thirty first release date on it. Yeah, so it must. So, I mean, it must be a real thing, but or mm-hmm. a thing they're planning to do anyway. Amazon France is just a bastion of leaks, by yeah, the that's way. What they do. It really is. Like I have no idea what's going on over there. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like they like I, literally half the leaks on the internet for come video games France. come from Amazon. France. Them and IGN Russia. Time for Hit of the Week. This is where you go befriend somebody and play video games with them. This one comes from Will. Will says, I just got Freedom Wars, and I was wondering if one of you can help me get my PlayStation name out there so I can get some friends and defend the Panopticon. Everyone needs to hit up Will, W-I-L-L, underscore Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A. Play Freedom Wars with I him. I dropped Clementine's mug in a, a gun into my mug bag. Happens all the time. If yeah, that's, that's, you know, she's used to that. She'll remember that. She'll remember that. <laughs> Colin, you want a new PlayStation Network name that sucks? Yes. This, of course, is the worst PlayStation Network name of the week. Send them to us at beyond.ign.com, just like your questions. This one comes from Evan in Detroit. So on Black Friday, my brother bought the GTA V slash Last of Us bundle. Before he even opened it, he was asking me what he could get away with as far as his name was concerned. I told him I wasn't sure how they monitored and regulated the name situation, but to be aware of the fact that if he were to get banned, he would lose all of his trophies and possibly the games attached to his account. Soon, I got a friend request from Child Pornographer... (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> and he was playing The Last of Us. He now has two trophies. He's two trophies away from the platinum, and I hope to God he doesn't get banned. Is that pornographer? It's, like, it's like child, he's... then P U N O, pornographer. So now, P- yeah, I was, I was looking for a loophole there, but there's nothing good about that. P U, well, maybe he likes puns. Yeah. I, he's a child who likes puns. I was working that angle. Pornography? I think it all, it all, it's an art. all of it, it all roads lead back to the bad part of that. Yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, that's really bad. I like how he thought about it. He got warned about it. and He's like, "How can I push it? How yeah. can I push Shuhei to his yep. breaking point to come <laughs> with the band hammer for me and get me?" Shuhei's sitting there like, he's like "Come on!" Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great if Shuhei's like just making he's examples the last guy, out of people. He listens to every Beyond and then he immediately goes and bans <laughs> that person. I'm just like, "Go ahead, keep outing yourselves." Yep, I'll get you this way. Shout out to Shuhei. Love you, man. Shout out to USP. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Podcast Beyond, episode 375. As always, it's been our pleasure to serve you. As you know, 
IGN.com is what keeps the lights on. So go to IGN.com, read the articles, watch the videos, subscribe to Prime, buy shirts at splitreason.com slash IGN. And of course, keep coming back here. Podcast Beyond is IGN's PlayStation Podcast. It's the number one PlayStation Podcast on the internet. It posts every Tuesday as an MP3 on services around the globe as well as IGN.com. Then on Wednesday, we put up the video. You can get it on IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN, and of course, the completely free IGN PlayStation 4 app. Until next time, keep up with us all on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Brian is Agent Bizzle. You're going to go home now and work on Misanthrope 2. I am. Of course, everyone should go buy your or get your album. You can get it for free. Yeah, Misanthrope right now. Misanthropealbum.com. Go listen to it. It's good. We've played it on the show before. That's right. Okay. Good. Enjoy. Oh, I do. Yeah. All right. Often. <laughs> uh, as you know, every podcast beyond ends in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap Up, where we play a listener submitted song. Send them to beyond at ign.com. This one comes from Brett. I don't think it's Bret Hart, but I hope it is. The Hitman. For all, yeah, exactly. For all intents and purposes, right now it's Bret Hart. Bret Hart writes in and says, "What's up, guys?" I was hoping you could play this song by my band, Riding the Skyline. It's off our upcoming EP, and it's titled Away. It hasn't been released to the public yet, so you'll hear it here first. Beyond fans, check us out on Facebook. Give us a like and post a hearty beyond on our wall. Love you, dudes. Keep on being awesome. Once more, beyond. That was from Brett the Hitman Heart. Brett the Hitman Heart, it's our pleasure to play Away from Riding the Skyline. Beyond. 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 Beyond.